Welcome to Sexual Craftsmanship, the podcast that teaches you how to develop sexual confidence and become a better lover using a system of practice suited for dating and sex in today's world. No experience necessary. And now, here's your host, certified sex coach, sociologist, and mega nerd, Sarah Martin. Hello, craftsmen. How are you doing today? Well, you know, it's been some kind of week. We are seven days in and it looks like some of the drama and tension of the previous year hasn't quite gone away just yet. I am recording this on the day that I'm sending it to all of you because it has been a busy start to the year and I'm still a little bit behind on production for the podcast, which is okay. I'm not beating myself up about it, but that also puts me in the unique position of talking to you after yesterday's events in the United States, which despite the fact that I live abroad, that is where I grew up. That is home. That's where my whole family still lives. And this is weighing heavily on my mind today. I'm not going to go into too much detail, though I will say to all of you listening to this, if you're feeling a bit distracted, if you're feeling like your energy has been sapped, if you're wondering whether you should keep working while these events are all unfolding around you, know that it's really normal if you need to take it a little easy with yourself uh, for the next couple of days or probably the next two weeks, to be honest hopefully, (laughs) assuming everything ultimately does go well with transfer of power, which I have a degree of confidence that it will. Though, yeah, not going to lie, this is not something I expected to see in in my lifetime. And then maybe that says something about me, you know, maybe I've been a bit more outside of politics at home to where I didn't think this would happen. And then maybe you know, maybe it was always going to, and that I couldn't see that is a little bit of a wake-up call. So I, I, I almost can't not say something about this because I'm just thinking a lot about it this morning. So with that said, I do still want to bring you the content I had planned for today. And this is pulled audio from a series of YouTube lives I'm doing every single day this month. So if you are curious and want to check out the live videos themselves, you can head over to YouTube and watch there because every single day in January, I am taking some time busting myths or calling out tropes or providing some counterintuitive advice. Essentially what I aim to do this January as we kick off the year is challenge some of these assumptions that many of us have about sex and relationships that in air quotes feel true. I would encourage you to be skeptical and to let any time something just feels true be a sign to you that, hey, actually, maybe this is something to dig a little deeper into. Let that be an indicator to really put on the critical thinking cap and and dig around and see what you find. And 
From the last week's series of lives, I recorded one about this idea of playing hard to get, which I think is one of those things that way, way too many people assume is a good thing, a normal thing. You know, it feels true. It feels like it's hitting the the spot that you want it to hit. And so in the audio that follows, I'll spend a little bit of time giving you some questions to ask yourself to consider if playing hard to get is actually good advice. And before you tune out going, ah, well, playing hard to get is for women only. Nah, not men are told to do the same thing, just in different words. So I encourage you to listen. It's a shorter episode. So you'll have a chance to to dive in without it taking too much of your time today. And I do want to point out one other thing just before we go into the audio, which is that the Sexual Craftsmanship Podcast is now brought to you by DignifiedHedonist.com. I'm working on updating the intro and outro for this podcast, so patience, please bear with me. But over the Christmas break, I spent some time doing a little bit of rebranding. So if you check out the new website, it's over at DignifiedHedonist.com. Also know I built it myself. I am very vain, so if you enjoy it, please (laughs) feel free to send me an email and let me know what you think of the new site because... Because, yeah, it's it's been uh, a labor of love on this side, as well as technical skills. So check that out. And I point this out in particular because the YouTube channel has been renamed. You can now find us on YouTube by searching for Dignified Hedonist rather than Sexual Craftsmanship. Though I think if you search Sexual Craftsmanship, this content will still come up because it's there's lots of text instances of sexual craftsmanship, so it should still appear in search. But anyway, more on that will be coming out over the month of January. So for the time being today, let's dig into this bit of advice about playing hard to get. I'm going to bring you in to the audio from that YouTube live now. The topic of the day, right, is playing hard to get. So this is advice that's given out. And I'm sure you're listening to this thinking, well, isn't that like a woman thing? Like maybe I'm just going to tune out. No, hang on. I'm getting to that. But right. So this playing hard to get, that seems to be something that is out there in the ether. And phrased like that, play hard to get, is something that we very typically associate with with women, that it's advice that's given to women, you know, play hard to get, make him work for you, make him prove that he's worthy. But anyway, like that's just pointing out the gender dimension. The one thing I would add is that actually this advice is given to men and women, and it's basically the same thing, just dressed up in different language. Because there's a lot of advice that's given to men too, that is essentially about the same thing, about playing hard to get, except then it's normally phrased like how to project being a high value man, for example. And so playing hard to get, you know, some advice that's very often given to women is, well, you need to wait X number of dates before you have sex. So that could be three dates, that could be five dates, that could be six months, depending on whose advice you're listening to. 
And the logic that seems to be taking place there is that if you make him wait for it and he does, then you know he's interested in you for something other than sex. Okay. And the way this often manifests on the uh, male side of spectrum of dating and sex and relationship advice is be aloof, be deliberately aloof. So take time to respond to text messages, you know, wait for three hours, wait for a day, or give some of your attention and then pull it back and stop providing attention. And essentially go about things in a way to show that, well, I'm clearly a busy and important person with many options and make her work for your attention. I mean, essentially it all boils down to, right, make them work for your attention, make them work for sexual access to you. (sighs) I have a lot to say on this. I actually made notes today and Right, where to begin? So this is another one of those things for a lot of people, like it just feels like common sense, right? It just feels true, you know, don't we value things that we work harder to get? Don't we really take great care of that pair of shoes or that new gadget that we had to save up for and work hard for before we receive it? And I mean, that's already a really transactional way to look at life. But one thing I want to invite you to think about here is, well, who benefits and what's the likely end result of this sort of behavior of playing hard to get? And I think in terms of benefits, this makes me think about a spectrum I talk about in my work, this self-sacrificing dominant spectrum that either you're always doing what the other person wants always, or you're always deciding and asking the other person to do what you want always. And I think it's a false dichotomy because the real answer is what do you want and can you show up with that? But I'll, I'll come to that. So here, well, what, what are the likely outcomes? Who benefits? And if you think about it, so on that sort of more self-sacrificing or gentle looking side of the spectrum, the benefit is to potentially avoid rejection by waiting for a period of time to make sure to make sure you don't actually know because you don't control the other person's behavior, right? But to give yourself that perception that yes, you've got some degree of certainty that this person is interested in me and using time as a leverage point to try and give yourself as much reassurance as possible. Then on the other side of the spectrum, the kind of darker side of the spectrum, there you're coming into questions like, you know, am I, how am I benefiting? Well, is it because I'm then proving to myself that I am able to manipulate this other person into doing more of what I want by withholding sex or withholding affection or withholding attention. And if you're the kind of person who's looking to set up a relationship dynamic like that, where you're able to manipulate the other person, then yeah, sure, playing hard to get makes a lot of sense. 
but is that the kind of relationship that you want? And what I want you to be thinking about is, you know, is that the kind of relationship you want to potentially be getting into? Because it's up to you to decide how you're going to behave if somebody starts playing hard to get with you. Because I think a far better approach here is rather than playing hard to get, to begin your relationships as you mean to go on. Oftentimes the best predictor of what's gonna happen over the course of a relationship is to take a look at how it gets started. And if you're a person that really wants to prioritize sex in your life, it's something that's important to you. It's something that you want to enjoy a lot of. Number one, that is a perfectly valid desire and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And in that case, then, if you're playing hard to get when it comes to sex, or if you're continuing a relationship with a partner who's playing hard to get when it comes to sex, that might say to me that you've got some priority mismatches, which doesn't mean anything bad about either person. It just might mean you've got a fundamental incompatibility there. Or if you're a person who really highly values honesty and it's something you want to show up in your relationships, well, then I'd really caution you against playing hard to get when that's not actually an honest reflection of your desires. Because, <laughs> I mean, can you see? Because if you're not beginning a relationship from a place of honesty, then what makes you think that that honesty is just going to crop up down the line? That's not normally how humans work. And yet we, we make these expectations of relationships while at the same time, we're not entering into them in a way to set a precedent that would allow that to, to crop up and to thrive. And I think like, again, there's a common thread that's running through a number of these that I've done so far in terms of myth busting or talking a little counterintuitively about sex and relationships is that Playing hard to get is also a very indirect way to try to gauge the desire or interest of someone else. You know, do you want a relationship where you can be direct about your desires, about what you want, where you can really be adventuring and exploring with somebody? You know, if that's something that you want in your relationship, what makes you think that that's gonna come up easily with somebody you begin a relationship with, with nobody being direct and everybody being a little bit coy or going things in a roundabout, passive from the side, sneak it in there kind of way. So in all of these things, right, my challenge to you over and over is like question these baseline assumptions and then have a think about like who benefits from this setup. Because again, like here in the more macro, who benefits? Well, this is, part of the system that keeps all of us inside of these cages of limiting masculinity or limiting femininity and basically just limiting humanness ultimately is where I would come to, which I'll leave that to you to think a little bit about who benefits at large if we're all feeling low level dissatisfied a lot of the times when it comes to sex and relationships, regardless of what your gender is. One other thing I would add here in particular on playing hard to get, you know, in the examples that I gave about female coded playing hard to get versus male coded playing hard to get, another thing that they both point to that they have in common because they are functionally the same thing 
is this idea that by playing hard to get or by projecting yourself as a high value man by being a bit aloof, that what you're doing there is making yourself appear more valuable in the eyes of others. So more of a prize, right? Be the prize. This comes up in a lot of dating literature. What I would say there, the fundamental error there, is that if that's how you're going about creating a perception of value for yourself, then what you're doing is you're making it externally dependent, right? You're relying on someone outside of yourself to provide you with a sense of value. And if that's what you're doing, then you're kind of dooming yourself to being forever dissatisfied because your sense of worth ultimately doesn't come from anybody outside of you. It's something you cultivate for yourself. At best, these playing hard to get, like these are approximations of confidence. Why? Well, because confident people generate a sense of worth from the inside and that's attractive. In part, it's so attractive because when you're looking at somebody like that to form a relationship with, you go, oh my God, so I'm not going to be foisted with the expectation to be a validation dispensing machine for my partner. Their sense of self-worth isn't going to be dependent on me. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's one of these things where even though it seems intuitively true, it's setting you up for disappointment and frustration and dissatisfaction and ennui down the line. And that's not what I want for you. That's not what I want for all people, right? Like there is so much that's wonderful about having a sex and relationship life that's satisfying. And I think it makes the world a better place one human being at a time. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. So have a think about this, right? Have you ever received this advice to play hard to get or to be a bit aloof and distant or to avoid replying to text messages right away and and to doing this from like a tactical point of view, right? I'm of the view that if you're busy, then, you know, you don't reply to text messages right away. There's a world of difference between that and then like doing it tactically, even though what you genuinely want to do in the moment is send a message in reply because you're enjoying the conversation or because you'd like to connect and they're also open to connecting. You know, it's none of these things are like prescriptive, right? What what I'm trying to move away from is you must do things like X in order to be happy or sexually fulfilled, right? It's to give you the underlying principles, the basic tools to interrogate this for yourself, to break down how this is happening and why and how you can move outside of these really limiting strictures that are potentially the things that are keeping you in a cycle of feeling really dissatisfied and unhappy in your relationships. So anyway, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. If you want to jump right into the sexual craftsmanship process, head on over to sexualcraftsmanship.com backslash friendzone and download your free guide to avoiding the friend zone for good, including five exact scripts you can use today.